Oh, by the way, uh, Florida education isn't uh, as bad as we thought it was. It's actually worse. Florida just approved Prager U kids right-wing propaganda videos for use in public school classrooms. There's propaganda, celebrations of colonialism, and more. Another has a fictional Booker T. Washington telling two children, future generations are never responsible for our sins of the past. One responds that she won't feel guilty about historical no stuff. how hard we work, sadly, there is still often mistreatment and racial discrimination towards us black Americans. We're really sorry that you have to deal with segregation and racism. Your sympathy is nice, Layla, but know that you have nothing to be sorry about. You and Leo have done nothing wrong and have indeed been quite respectful. Future generations are never responsible for the sins of the past. Okay, I'll- Yeah, like some random- Seven-year-old white kid is not responsible for chattel slavery. The issue is denying its consequences. That's what the issue is. That's a this is a wild video to make. Holy f Los Angeles, Mateo backs the blue. Over the last 150 years, Los Angeles, or LA for short, has been a beacon of <laughs> growth, offering opportunity for millions of residents. But this rapid expansion of Los Angeles, or LA for short, I forget that this is for children, even though, or children-brained adults. I'm assuming this is going to be about how big cities are full of gangs and criminals now. And this is, of course, a much better thing to teach children than an objective analysis of the impacts of slavery. And of people and culture has also come with some growing pains. And when tensions turn to violence, Angelinos must rely on a strained police force for protection. This is Mateo, the 13-year-old son of Mexican immigrants living in Los Angeles. Mateo's parents, Juan and Lucy, moved here just a few years before he was born. They operate a small, of course. small convenience store that serves a largely Hispanic neighborhood. Before immigrating to Los Angeles, Juan and Lucy run a small general store in Mexico. They worked hard to make their business successful, but cartel members began harassing Juan, demanding money for protection. What the f bro? What is happening? The threats got so bad that Juan and Lucy decided to embark on the long and expensive process of applying for a U.S. green card. When Which they, of course, didn't f get because that's not how this shit works. Who the f in America is giving green cards out like that to random people in Mexico? Get the f out of here they applied for a green card and could not win the lottery so they proceeded to wait for 75 years their application was finally accepted they moved to los angeles and found a large welcoming community of fellow latinos after even more hard work they were able to open a new grocery store and the family was very thankful for their life in la then in may yeah they assume the children don't know what la is but they know what the fucking cartel is like why would the kids know what the fuck the cartel is this is insane in 2020 george floyd a black man who resisted arrest and was held under the knee of a police officer a black man who resisted arrest yo yo Bro, they are so unhinged, brother. Died while in custody. They make it seem like George Floyd just perished on his own. Oh my God. Although this happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota, fiery protests and riots erupted in cities all around the United States. Activists claimed that the police were targeting the black community and purposefully killing unarmed black men. This was of course a lie. As the false claims of racial targeting spread, so did the- Oh 
my God, did you say that? This is so funny. I think most people respond negatively to shit that they learn in school because it's otherwise boring. So I feel like this will have the effect of Catholic school on children. For every one child that you brainwash with this, I think you're going to make like 12 communists out of this. You know what I mean? The only cop that Mateo knows personally is his middle school's resource officer, Officer Suarez. Tall and smiling, Officer Suarez has a high five, a handshake, or a fist bump for each student as he walks down the yeah, dude. School resource officers are famously friendly to children. Again, this is written by a person who's like never been at an American school, it seems. And I haven't either, but at least I fucking know, given the data, that it's not like these guys, you can't make these guys look good in the eyes of the children that are going to school. Who could ever hate a school resource officer? Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Jeremy Sanford is a school resource officer, but treats kids like this. Lafayette, L.A. Police Department, Louisiana has a long history of excessive force towards black people, including fatally shooting Trey Pellerin. And now this, unacceptable. You know, just fun, fun times with the school resource officer as he brutalizes you and arrests you and puts you in the fucking system forcibly. Welcome to Canada. Like many countries, Canada has a universal government-run health care system. And this means bad. that Canadians have fewer options for treatment. <laughs> for medical care than people in other advanced countries. Instead of paying each time to see their doctor, all Canadians pay high taxes to fund the whole system. They've been convinced Not that true. it's better that way. But is that really the case? This is Marcel. He lives in Toronto with... Listen up, kids. Sharing is not caring. Your mom went into uh, bankruptcy due to not being able to pay for her chemotherapy, and that's a good thing. His parents, Alain and Fran, Marcel's grandpa, Andre, who died when Marcel was very young, also spent his life in Canada. After serving in the Canadian... Is Marcel's grandfather Saddam Hussein? What's going on? This is Marcel's grandfather. His name is Saddam Hussein, a misunderstood Baathist. Canadian <laughs> army during World War II, Andre worked as a construction site manager and raised two sons, Alain and Marcel's uncle Jacques. After Andre's death, Jacques moved to the United States, where he works in the biomedical industry. Marcel wonders why his dad and uncle don't talk very much. Recently, his mom explained that they started arguing after Grandpa Henri died from stomach cancer. Jacques thinks that if Henri had traveled to the United States to see a specialist and have surgery instead of waiting in Canada, he would still- That's so funny. Yeah, that's the smart one of the family went to America. That's insane. Alive. He thinks America's privatized healthcare system is much better than Canada's universal one. But Alain disagrees, and the brothers had many arguments. Marcel isn't sure why Uncle Jacques doesn't like universal healthcare. What's wrong with a government-run system that treats everyone for free? Marcel knows his family pays a lot in taxes, but that's normal in Canada. And what's wrong with waiting weeks or months when you need to see a doctor? That's normal too, right? 
I think there's something really fucked up, but also pretty funny about this argument coming from an American institution because America's healthcare, even on the private side, still yields horrifying outcomes across the board because we have less doctors per capita than other countries. Our wait times are not necessarily great for for uh, things that are not immediate either. Like in Canada, if you have a situation where your fucking arm is broken or you're bleeding, you're not going to wait for months. And every problem that stems in a socialized healthcare structure comes from a lack of funding. It's so fucking stupid. To find out, Marcel is investigating the And yeah, Canadian wait times on average are, I believe, uh, shorter than most parts of America. It's like, dude... You know what's really stupid about this is like, dude, go to fucking Kentucky. You have no doctor for a 200-mile radius. What the fuck are you talking about? Go to West Virginia. Go to Louisiana. Go to any rural area where uh, these Prager you loving uh, freaks are, are living and see if you can get any fucking doctor whatsoever. American healthcare is privatized, which means that in most cases, people and their employers pay for it, not the government. American healthcare is very expensive but the quality of care is among the highest in the world. Unlike Canada, the yeah, not true either. <laughs> US has a higher number of specialist doctors compared to general practitioners. It also has private clinics where- It's not even true, but even if it was, it's not a good thing at all. Brother, in order to avoid serious complications in the future, you need a general practitioner that you can rely on. Like there's no need for preventative care. What the fuck are we talking about? I'll tell you what American healthcare is better on, because there are. On certain types of cancer treatment, American healthcare might be better than other parts of the planet. And by that, I mean they just have like more experimental or better treatment overall. The only thing that the American healthcare system is better at is hotel-like uh, hospitals. That's it. But who the fuck wants to stay in a hospital for an extended period of time anyway? Marcel learned that the United States is a great place for innovation, medical research, and new technology. In Not Canada... True. Taxes and regulations make innovation difficult. But with low taxes and free market competition, the United States leads the world in developing medical technology that saves lives. It's not true. The United States is number one in totality for novel chemical compounds, which might change soon, by the way, depending on um, what China is doing, what India is doing. But it's number one in totality because it's a massive fucking country and there's a lot of brain drain. Doesn't matter, though. It's still absolutely a consequence of publicly funded institutions, universities, the NIH. Like these are all institutions that are funding and facilitating the invention of novel chemical compounds. As far as the amount of dollars spent versus uh, how many novel chemical compounds are found in the United States of America, we are nowhere near as efficient as other countries. And especially when you consider novel chemical compound generation per capita, the United States barely cracks into the top 10. The idea that the United States is like the best and brightest in medical innovation is actually kind of stupid. Uh, it's not correct. Lately, healthcare has become an even bigger headache for Marcel's family. Demand for treatment remains high in Canada, but there are fewer doctors and nurses than ever. So it's... Again, every single aspect of socialized medicine that is like seemingly a failure is related directly to a lack of funding in the care structure by the government, which is deliberately defunding certain aspects of healthcare in an effort to privatize it down the line. Americans are fucking lying to you if they claim that there are more doctors and nurses in America than any other country. It's not correct. There are significantly less doctors and nurses per capita in the United States of America in comparison to comparable nations. 
It's been a long time since anyone in the family has gone for a checkup. What really worries everyone is Alin. He's had... Another thing that's pretty funny about this uh, is is also the notion that like like what is there no private healthcare in fucking Canada? What's happening? The American Medical Association is a cartel. I do think that there's two things that stop the number of doctors from growing in this country, and yes, one of them is the American Medical Association for sure. They do artificially keep the number of doctors low, but the real issue, the major one, isn't the AMA. The major one is also the financial burden that you need to take on in the form of like hundreds of thousands of fucking dollars to even get a residency. Like, it's bananas. Non-stop pain in his stomach and lower back. Alin finally scheduled a doctor's visit, but he had to wait several weeks for an MRI test, and the family is still waiting for the results of a biopsy. Marcel is discovering that free healthcare comes with hidden costs. In a healthcare system... Guys, here is the honest truth. Healthcare as a resource is always going to be paywalled or is always going to be uh, distributed among the population either by need or by giving it to whoever has the most money. Capitalism dictates that you give it to whoever has the most money to pay for it. Not socialism, but like a, a more socialized structure dictates that you give it to those who need it the most. Because... The resources are not infinite. Let's not say always. No, it's true. It's not infinite. There are not an infinite amount of doctors, okay? In a situation where, let's say, every single fucking person in the country is sick with different medical conditions and every single doctor has to go to work tomorrow and every single nurse has to go to uh, work tomorrow and every medication that they, they have, they have to utilize tomorrow. In a situation like that, you apply what is known as triage. American hospitals apply it all the fucking time as well, even though you have to pay for it in the United States of America. That's the concept that they're trying to describe. The concept that they're trying to describe right now is that given limited resources and how limited those resources are is a problem with the government for sure sure is a problem with defunding and crippling these institutions with the uh, genuine interest of, of privatizing them down the line you either give healthcare to those who need it the most with immediacy but everyone can have access to it or you just make a system where poor people die paid for by taxes there's a limited number of doctors hospitals and high-tech machines because no one can pay for their own machines or medical treatment, the real cost is having to wait a- This is disgusting. Again, they're not making a per capita argument. They're saying, oh, there's fewer doctors in Canada. Yeah, of course there's fewer doctors in Canada. There's fucking fewer people in Canada. That is such a fucked up way to analyze the, the situation. Well, yeah, guess, you know where else they have fewer doctors? Norway. Are you going to sit here and tell me that the Norwegian healthcare system is worse than the American one? You fucking asshole. Why? Because there's less people in Norway, just like there's less people in Canada. You are deliberately misinformed by a bunch of fucking sharks who want to tell you that this incredibly cruel and unjustifiable system is actually good for you. A very long time. And now when it's going to be shown in schools in Florida. operation like back surgery or has life-threatening stomach cancer like Grandpa Henri, Waiting months for surgery means unbearable pain, and even the difference between life or death. More data as man. OECD data chart. Doctors per capita, Turkey, 2.2. Where the fuck is the United States of America? Am I not seeing it? Where the fuck? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. America cracks the top 10.
top 10 worst country for number of doctors per capita in all of the OECD nations. That's fucking crazy. Dude, these people at Prager University deserve prison time for making this argument that like things are so great in America. We have so many doctors. And yes, of course, Canada has more doctors per capita. If you were to look at health spending, however, huh, how are we at the top? Anyway, let's get back to this dumbass Prager U video, though, that we sidestepped away from because at the top of the hour, there's a three-minute ad break, but that's not stopping me from delivering you actual factual information against the propaganda that these fucking dickheads are lying to you about. When the biopsy test finally came back positive, the entire family was crushed to learn that Alin had a stomach tumor. He went to Ontario's healthcare board to ask for immediate surgery, and they scheduled it in five and a half months. Alin's pain was already so bad, and there was no telling. That's fucking bullshit. If it's life-saving care, they will immediately handle it. You get first in line priority. The entire healthcare structure is designed around giving immediate access to those who need it the most. In America, healthcare costs an arm and a leg, and they still do triage. What the fuck are you talking about? This is so annoying. Uncle Jacques immediately agreed to host his brother's family and help him schedule the procedures he needed. Now, Marcel is confident. He knows that with immediate surgery, his dad's chances of making a full recovery are very high. And while Alain still believes there are- Yeah, now when Marcel goes to American school, he can be fucking murdered by a gun. Thank God for America. Oh my God. Venezuela. A country blessed with stunning snow-capped mountains, waterfalls, lakes, jungles, valleys, and sparkling beaches. Found at the northern tip of South America, Venezuela, rich with... I know, because I've tried to do a coup d'etat there three times and failed all three times. Natural resources like oil was once one of the wealthiest countries on the continent until the people were persuaded to vote for socialism. That's when everything changed. That's so funny. They literally said democracy happened and it was really bad. People did democracy and they voted and they chose to to have some kind of national autonomy over their own extraction industries like many countries in Europe are able to do. The best example is Norway. Let me tell you something funny about Venezuela. A lot of you started learning about politics in a post-Venezuelan wealth world. So you never knew about a time in like the early 2010s, for example, where Venezuela actually was considered to be like this shining beacon. Of course, back then, when that was the case, and you can go and search this if you want, the American Enterprise Institute was doing propaganda to be like, yeah, sure, Venezuela did socialism and that's bad, but also Look how much privatization still exists in Venezuela. Actually, Venezuela is not a socialist country because back then they were a significantly wealthier nation. So there are plenty of articles you can find. Venezuela is a bad fucking example for socialism. Venezuela is not socialist, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Venezuela is just as socialist as Norway is. The one mistake that Venezuela made was be brown while also nationalizing your, your extraction industry. That's it. Venezuela is a fucking corrupt country. Yes, there's also tremendous amounts of corruption 
corruption in Venezuela as well. Maduro is not a very good leader and rests on the laurels of Hugo Chavez that came before him, who was actually a tremendously popular and relatively successful leader. What system is Norway? I thought they were kind of socialist. No, Norway is a social democracy, which means they are capitalist. However, there are certain industries in Norway, just like many other countries, where their extraction industry, logging, and also oil is nationalized. So their energy sector is run by the government. What that means is the government takes all of the profits from that sector, one, pays the workers uh, adequately, and two, takes the profits from that sector and gives those rewards back to Norwegian people. This has happened time and time again around the world, or rather attempted time and time again around the world. But of course, when certain countries that have done this, like Iran, for example, or Venezuela, for example, they have been met with a tremendous amount of anger and violent retribution. Understand something. Venezuela didn't fail, quote unquote, because it was socialist. Venezuela implemented some understandable moves towards becoming a social democracy. In the process, they also tried to start diversifying their productive capabilities, whether it be agriculture or whatnot, but that's for a different day. It's a different story because a lot of that was controlled by a, a billionaire, like a billionaire families that owned all commerce that uh, absolutely were already very upset with what was going on with the oil sector and did not want that to happen to their individual sectors. So what did they do? They worked with the American government and uh, facilitated a coup d'etat. They also bought all the media companies and pumped a fuck ton of propaganda in spite of uh, Chavez's popularity. Venezuela failed because of corruption. The takeover of the oil industry was done illegally and everyone who worked in the company and voted against Chavez being president, being the president, was fired. Uh, not going to be clean every time. I have to be honest, the glazing is a bit crazy. I mean, dude, Chavez was fucking loved. That's not like a controversial thing to say in normal circumstances. He was a profoundly charismatic individual. In some respects, his charisma and his power as a singular being has contributed to the downfall of Venezuela because there was not enough active uh, leadership roles outside of people loving Chavez. Chavistas and their love for Chavez is what got Maduro also elected originally. You know what the funniest part about the Venezuelan situation is? If America or the CIA was like a little bit fucking better at what they're doing, they probably wouldn't have put Juan Guaido as the person who only had limited amount of constitutional power to basically take over the country for an interim period. And instead, they would have fucking propped up like a better alternative. But they didn't. And Guaido is all they had. So it was the laughingstock of uh, the international community. So they couldn't even fucking prop up someone against like a charismatic uh, counter to Maduro. When... A lot of people, understandably, uh, uh, consider uh, Maduro to be not great. So basically, the downfall of Venezuela is due to CEOs uh, coups being launched and try to interrupt social democracy policies and leadership into power, trying to learn more history. Thanks. I mean, that's part of it. The other part of it is that their their failure to diversify their overarching uh, output their portfolio, their agricultural production, for example, given the constraints that they had because they were still a social democracy is what led to their economic downfall. Ultimately, they were hyper dependent on oil. That is easy to manipulate and eviscerate the difference between you're saying same thing that's happening to Saudi Arabia, except the difference is Saudi Arabia is America's ally. So it was allowed to develop. It was allowed to de develop in a way where uh, they didn't give a shit that it was like a fucking theocratic monarchy. The Saud family, like the House of Saud, 
proud and the current Saudi government is an American project. That is the difference ultimately. They were like, all right, yeah, this is your resources. We'll extract it. We'll get, uh, you know, we'll make some money on the refinery side, but it's your resource overall as long as you let us fucking, you know, control as much as possible. Saudi is diversifying in a lot of major ways like real estate and tech. Yeah, they're doing it now. I'm talking about the last fucking 50 years of, of Saudi development that hyper-focused on oil because they were allowed to survive as like the main purveyors, the main fucking uh, cheap refined oil uh, uh, deliverers for the planet because America allowed them to exist that way. Don't ever let anybody tell you that Chavez wasn't fucking popular. A coup happened in Venezuela. Chavez was briefly taken out of power. The Chamber of Commerce's president at the time, who was some fucking like rich dude, was immediately chosen as the interim president. Literally three hours after that happened, the United States of America and State Department came out with a statement saying, we recognize the new government of Venezuela. How did that happen? How did that fucking happen? And guess what? They didn't kill him. And that was really stupid of them because the public went fucking crazy. Venezuelan people were storming the streets. They rioted so much so that Chavez was reinstituted into position of power. Don't ever fucking let anybody tell you that uh, Hugo Chavez was not a popular person. Like to be outside Venezuela, even when Western reporters would ask him stupid questions. So the streets will never forget the time Hugo Chavez called out Fox News when he was in New York for a UN meeting. Where do you come from? I work for Fox News. But, uh, uh, Fox News. This is is funny. Fox, Fox News. Fox. I love when I see people from. ¿Sabe cómo lo llamó Sean Peng? Sean Peng. You know how Sean Peng? The stupid people from Fox News. Sean Peng is a massive lib, though. Pedro Carmona. April 20, uh, 2002, the early part of 2002 saw mass protests and a general strike by the opponents of Hugo Chavez. On April 11, 2002, following clash between post supporters and opponents of Chavez, Lucas Rincon, commander-in-chief of the Venezuelan Armed Forces, announced a nationwide broadcast that Chavez had tendered his resignation from the presidency. While Chavez was brought to a military base and held there, military leaders appointed Carmona as the transitional president of Venezuela. In the face of crowds of Chavez supporters taking to the streets and under pressure for some military quarters, Chavez was restored to office. During Carmona's 36 hours hours of government, military officers held Chavez and attempted to force his exile. Additionally, security forces conducted raids without warrants and took some Chavez supporters into custody illegally, including National Assembly Deputy Tarek William Saab, a member of the Chavez Align MVR, who was taken into protective custody by security forces after a large crowd had gathered around his home, threatening him and his family. Ultimately, people say this about Castro as well. People try to say this about Che Guevara. People say this about any kind of like leftist movement that has been relatively successful, even for an, a, a short period of time. They all Always look to the worst aspects and do not weigh it on what the goals, what the motivation of these uh, actions were and whether or not it was successful. Like I've heard people quite literally say, who cares about literacy? Who gives a shit about like increasing the literacy rate? Who gives a shit about like building infrastructure to rural areas? bringing medicine and healthcare to rural areas. It's very frustrating to hear stuff like that. And it kind of like your conversation with Ethan yesterday. Exactly. It is exactly like my conversation with Ethan yesterday. Plenty of countries that are engaging in some level of even development, engaging in some kind of like a socialized program, especially if they're seen as a competitor to the United States hegemonic power, or if they deviate from the norm, uh, they deviate from being like lap dogs to the left, will turn around and get unjustifiably criticized on metrics that we never apply to ourselves. Anyway, look, ultimately, I, I speak a big game over here. I'm talking socialism this, socialism that. Meanwhile, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraudulent person. 
Why am I saying this? Well, because I haven't shown you the greatest counter to any argument that I may ever show you because I was afraid. I was afraid of its awesome power. Here it is. Here is the actual distribution of wealth in America. The poorest Americans don't even register. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Fuck the actual distribution of wealth. Venezuela. Stop! No! I'm perishing! No! Oh no! These are too many truths! Too many truths! Stop it! No! No! Oh, oh god! Oh, don't! Don't reveal our plans! Don't reveal our plans to what will happen to your white family! Oh, fuck! Yeah, it's about teamwork. Why did you move? We need to organize a stand. Everybody leave before his son gets <laughs> together. We can do teamwork it. makes the dream work. We oh, that was so easy. We are the best. Oh god, this is progress though. We are so much better at not. We are getting now. better. Oh, oh, too much dangling. Okay, what's easier, passing legislation or this? Be honest. Um, 